This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the May 3rd edition of Invest Talk 2018. Now, you know how to reach us on the program. We're live, 888-99-CHART. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. If it's a question you'd like to ask in a more private setting, you can do that by going to investtalk.com and click on Got a Question. Come directly to me and Justin, and I answer most of them. We're here to help in any way we can. Now, if you're familiar with the American Association of Individual Investors, the AAII, well, they conduct a survey to other members every week. It's, it's a member sentiment survey. And they ask very simple questions. Very simple. And now that we have a lot of volatility, I mean, did you see the day today, how much the market was down in midday, 500 points for the Dow? Did you see what it ended up being up five points? That's volatility. Well, AA members have been answering the same simple question each week. And the results are compiled into the AAII Investor Sentiment Survey, which offers insight into the mood of individual investors. Remember, they're an American Association of Individual Investors. They're just regular people that joined this club, and they take a simple survey every week. We're going to see how the, it's really interesting to follow. I've been following them over the years, and it's really interesting. It's revealing. Now, we'll take a look at the numbers in a minute, but first, let's get to our first priority, dealing with your topics, answering your questions. So let's get to the 24-hour listen line, 888-99-CHARGE, how to reach us anytime. Hi, guys. I have a question regarding what would be the better investment for money in my IRA, I am about 10 years out from retiring, but need to earn more for hopefully when I retire. So um, looking to put money into CD, which I can earn 2% per year, or else put some funds into the bond fund looking at the Vanguard short-term corporate bond fund, which one would be the better place? Just looking to put in about 2000 into uh, whatever one you think would be the best. Um, look forward to hear the answer on your show. Thanks. Well, at this stage of the, of, of the interest rate cycle, I would probably go with the CD not the bond fund. The short-term bond fund wouldn't be bad because it's short-term, but when interest rates are rising, bond bond values go down. Whereas CD, you're going to get your money back and they pay the interest, you don't have to care. You don't care about interest rates. And when if the interest rates are rising, when the CD comes due, you can do another CD and get a higher rate. And in fact, you could do the same type of thing with bonds and ladder them, and you can also ladder CDs. You know, have I one that comes due in a year, a year and a half, two years, three years, and then you can you can do the same thing with bonds as you can do with CDs. You can build a ladder, and a ladder is a good idea in a rising interest rate environment, and that's what we're in. Okay, here are some numbers from the American Association of Individual Investors, the, the weekly survey that they do. 
the results are published in Barron's and other financial news outlets. The data represents what direction members feel the stock market will go be in the next six months. So they're asking them, the, these AAII members what they feel the market will be in six months from now. And they do that every week. So, so how many are bullish? Well, it's 28.4% are bullish. And there's a significant drop last week, down 8.5%. So it was, you know, 36.9% a week ago were bullish about six months from now. But now it's down to 28. The historical average is 38.5. Those who are neutral are up 3.8 percentage points last week from uh, last week to 41.4. The historical average is 31. And finally, those who felt bearish, who felt bearish was up 4.7% to 30.2. So how much weight should we give these numbers or any data like this? Remember, we're attempting to analyze historical past data to predict an outcome for the future or at least explain the market today maybe. But do we see a trend? The trend indicators are here are very short, one week. Right? This is a one-week survey every week. But if we look at a longer sample and can see other data, correlating data, that may establish a pattern that we can check. And that's what we what you want to look at in these AAII numbers. You're looking for that pattern, that repeat pattern. And can we come to any conclusion? And that's what chart reading is all about, right? Reading charts of the stock market. You know, it's always looking at past movements of the stock price and trying to see if there's a pattern. Now, you really, you really buy things, stocks, especially by using fundamentals, not for the patterns of movement of the stock. You really buy them. But stock patterns help you pick a place to buy or sell. And that's what is really demonstrated later. You know, we're going to demonstrate later in the month in our free web wealth webinar. It's May 30th at 6:30 p.m. Pacific time, and it's free, using fundamental and technical analysis to take your investing to another level, to a higher level, to make you a better investor. So I hope you can join us. Registration is not open now. I had an email saying, "Well, how do I register?" Well, it's not open now, but it will be soon, and I will know. To, I will. I, we will talk about it on the air here. Now, what do you need to know to improve your portfolio? I welcome any question today about anything to do with finances. Our main talking point today is you're sticking with stocks, right? Some of the other topics I have online, I mean, I've not been able to get to a few of them, but today I would like to, why you should not go away in May. Remember that old saying, that seasonal pattern of go away in May because uh, in the Summer months and the middle part of the year is worse than the first, the latter part of the year and the first part of the year. Why should you not go away in May? And have you seen Warren Buffett's performance for the first quarter of 2018? I got it. I'm going to share it with you. I think that was interesting. And yesterday we didn't get to it, but why the stock market has fallen amid the best first quarter results in 25 years? Earnings results we're talking about. So why is it stock? What are the results? Why is it falling? And I want to talk about the global economy overall in general. I really do. So what happened today? The, we had some really striking volatility this morning. Uh, the, the Dow was down 500 points at one point. 
But at the end of the day, the Dow ended up uh, five points. The Nasdaq was down 13, and the SP was down six. So the, it was a negative day, but it came way back from being very heavily sold off this morning. Uh, that was, I think that I find that very interesting uh, of what's going on. We have seen uh, such an increase in volatility that everybody's kind of shell shocked. I think they. Yeah, they're not sure how to react to it. Well, we're just going to have to get used to volatility. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Invest Talk is for you. So let's work together. Make make more money. Try anyway. Let's do our best. We're here to help on this Thursday session of Invest Talk. Bring your topic to the discussion at 888 99 You're listening to Invest Talk, answers to important questions. I've been listening to you guys' show for maybe about a week now. Okay. And, um, I'm not an investor at all, okay. but I've always uh, wanted to get in. I have no clue on what process it takes. Get your question to us now at 888-99-CHART. That's how you get through anytime. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So why you should stick with stocks? It has been proven over and over and over and over and over forever. You cannot time the market. No one's been able successfully to time the market. So I realized that last year it was very easy to make money in the market if you just held on to your positions. And of course, if you had the FANG stocks, you really did well. And this year it's not so easy. It's getting much more different. Ever since that correction in late January, early February, which is about 10% down, the stock market has been extremely volatile. I mean, I don't know if you remember, the, the, the Dow Jones average lost 1,175 points one day, and then the very next day it went up 567 points. Do you remember that day? And the market is just demonstrating to you that it doesn't go up every year. It doesn't constantly give you 10% return year after year after year. There are years it doesn't. And I think it's a shock to people because it's been a long time. The market's been very strong. Now, Benjamin Grant, you know who he is? The intelligent investor. He's the, the grandfather of value investing. One of the, and of course he was, uh, you know, Warren Buffett, was uh, uh, Benjamin Graham? Benjamin Graham was uh, uh, Warren Buffett's mentor. Now he wrote the investor's chief problem. This is Benjamin Graham, and even his worst enemy is likely to be himself. And it's about the. And he said it is the excitement and the temptation of the stock market that gets investors in trouble. Now what was his? His solution, his solution to this problem and reducing your excitement and get, being your own worst enemy was to be disciplined, be a disciplined value investor. That was what he was all about. And that's buying stocks that are so cheap in relationship to corporate profits and other yardsticks of measurement that their low price provides a margin of safety. That's a quote, margin of safety, even if the worst happens. So, 
That's why you should stick with the market. You do realize that Warren Buffett put, buys very little stocks when the market is rallying. He's bought very little over the recent years because it's too expensive. Remember, his most recent uh, purchase was Teva, Teva Pharmaceuticals, about a month or two ago. I don't remember exactly. After it got, went down to a PE of what, three, four, five PE? Because they cut their dividend and they got beat up so bad. Teva Pharmaceuticals, the world's largest uh, generic drug maker. And then he bought it. That's value investing. Now, you've got to be careful because you can get into what's called a value trap which is something that looks cheap but really isn't because it's going out of business. And there's a lot of that too. So how do you how do you stay in the market and not worry about the volatility? Well, you do a dollar cost averaging. Every paycheck, put some money in the market. If it goes down, great. You buy more shares of things. That's how you should think of it if you're in the accumulation phase of your investing life. Oh, you want it to go down so you can buy more shares of things. When you're in when you're you're in the disbursement phase of your investment life, you don't want that to happen, meaning that you're spending your savings, spending your investments, but not in the accumulation phase. You want it. You want. You should welcome volatility. We just haven't seen it like this in so long. It's a shock. Anyways. 888-99-CHART is our number. I'd love to talk to you. We're going to talk about a number of things. Hopefully, I'll get to them this hour. I've been remiss in getting to some of the topics, and that's because the phone calls come first, always. The phone calls come first. This is Invest Talk. Should I redo my 60s vintage kitchen before I put my home on the market? Generally, should I fix up my home or sell it as is? Is it worth the expenditure? Well, maybe... Can we help work out some of the answers about that? We're here for you at 888-99-CHART. Let's get back to Invest Talk, made possible each day by KPP Financial. Sometimes what people tell you to do is not as revealing as what people are actually doing. The principals at KPP Financial invest their money right along with their clients. They put their money where their mouth is. To learn more about KPP's investment programs, go to investtalk.com and click on the Investments tab whenever you're ready. Now let's get to your question. 888-99-CHART is our number on Investtalk. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Dan. It's Dan Mateo. How you doing, Dan? Hello. Thanks for taking my call. I was wondering about your opinion on preferred stocks or preferred shares as opposed to buying bonds for a little income and security okay. uh, or dividend, dividend common shares. What do you think about preferred shares? They often have a good uh, a yield, it looks like. Yes. Uh, preferred shares are a kind of a hybrid between a bond and a stock. Um, they pay a set interest rate, uh, a dividend, a yield, a set yield on the preferreds, and you earn that yield. The stock price of, of the preferred doesn't move much. It can, but it usually doesn't. Uh, and it usually can be, it can be callable. It acts like a bond. And 
Dan, I have no problem with that being part of your portfolio. And that would be the part of your portfolio that you're looking for income from because you're not going to get any growth from it. And as long as the company, the underlying company is strong, I have no issues with buying preferreds. Just make sure that the underlying company is strong. Just like in a bond. If you bought a corporate bond, you want to make sure the company's going to be around to pay you the yield and pay back your money. Same thing with a preferred. Uh, don't get attracted okay. too much by a huge return because that might suggest a weak company. Okay? So look yeah, at the, the company. Yields are usually uh, very high. I mean, they, they tend to be almost too good to be true. You know, for, for example, a, even a quality-paying dividend stock, the preferred dividend is the preferred yield is over a percentage higher on average, or something like that. I'm always yeah, kind of that's right. Uh, feels too good to be true. I just wonder what the what, what's the catch. <laughs> no, there's nothing. <laughs> there's really not catch. Many preferreds are callable, though. Sometimes you don't get to collect that great yield for very long, so you got to watch that. You just there's nothing wrong with them. That you know, they are, as long as it's the underlying company is strong and you are happy with that yield, then nothing wrong with that at all. Dan, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Preferred stocks, everybody. Preferred stocks. Okay. Why you should not go away in May? Remember the old saying, "Go away in May." One of the reasons is because if you go away in May, expect to buy back higher in November. Because that's when you're supposed to buy back the market, you know, after the worst six months, which is the second and third quarter of the year, then you have to buy back. Historically, don't think that the market doesn't go up in the summer. It does. It goes up between 2 and 7%. Okay? Uh, normally. Now, we're talking about a second year of presidency also right now. The second year of a four-year term usually, usually is the weakest the weakest of the four-year term, just so you know. The third year is usually the best of a four-year presidential term. However, since 1928, the rise, average rise is about 4.5% in the second year. So it's not, so there's no, yes, the same point on a yearly basis, uh, it could be used on the, uh, uh, you know, for the summer cycle, you know, the, the stock market have a cycle every year and the summer is usually the weakest part of the year. All that's true. But again, as I said, it's the, it usually goes up. It's just not as up as strong as other parts of the year. And try to remember, the last two crashes, the dot-com crash and the financial crash, when did they start? Do you remember? Do you remember when those crashes start and when the recovery started? They started in March, okay, the crashes. And when did the recovery start? In March, so, you know, it kind of supports that. But I don't think, you know, it's just not an automatic thing to go away and make. One of the most difficult, I said at the beginning, top of the show, you can't time the market. So you go away and make, and okay, so how do you get back in? And make sure, and, and I'm trying to understand, you're probably going to buy higher. So why didn't you just stay with the market? Because historically, that's what people do. They buy higher. It's not, I'm not making up the, this as just that you're probably going to do it. That's what people do. Because what happens, the market starts to recover. 
you're not sure. You're not sure. You're not sure. Then by the time you are sure, the market's already done better than it was. If you and you would have just done better if you just stayed in it. Interesting stats, I thought. Interesting stats. Anyway, did you see uh, Tesla and uh, the uh, <laughs> the the, uh, uh, did you hear what Tesla uh, and Mr. what is his name said to the analysts? Not too smart. Not too smart. If you didn't, it'd be something very interesting for you to listen to. It was uh, it was shocking. He belittled and made fun of the analysts who were asking him questions. Uh, and the Tesla stock took a dive because of it. Not too smart. So what's coming up on the next Invest Talk? Investing on a shoestring. That will be one of the topics. That will be tomorrow, by the way. As always, there we're here to answer your questions. Any money questions you want to talk about, call me at 888-99-CHART. Our podcast continues next. Here's a true or false question for you. You have less tolerance for risk than you used to. True or false? Most investors have more doubts about the reliability of advice, the stability of companies. But at the same time, you still believe that the stock market offers the most promise for your retirement savings. Investors are shorter on trust, but they're still investors. So KPP Financial has a question for you. If you could form a partnership with a financial advisor rather than the typical client relationship, would that make more sense to you? Well, the principals at KPP Financial invest their own money right along with yours. That makes you more of a partner than a client. When they make those buy and sell decisions for you, they're impacting their retirement too. KPP Financial, independent thinking, shared success. And now let's get back to the podcast. This is Invest Talk. Steve is here to help you hone your investing skills and offer some perspective too. Join him. 888-99-CHART is our anytime number. Hey, Steve and Justin. Long-time listener of the show. Love it. Wanted to hear you guys' opinion on a stock. It's called the Houston Wire and Cable Company, ticker symbol HWCC. I'm trying to balance my portfolio with some value stocks and this one's on my radar wanted to see what you guys thought about it it's a logistical sort of wire and cable company from houston texas they're down about seven eight percent in the past week or two wanted to see maybe what a good price would be it looks like they're steadily increasing since about a year ago my thoughts on it were that they're pretty heavily tied into the commodity market, especially copper prices and steel and aluminum prices, since the commodities are taking a turn and might start leading the market. The price of this might be tied to that and go up pretty high. I want to see what you guys thought about that. I will be listening on the podcast. Thanks. Okay. First of all, this is not a value company. You were said you were looking for some value stock. This is not one of those. Houston Wire and Cable Company, HWCC. The reason why I say it's not, it's a $115 million market cap. It's a micro cap company. It's really, really tiny. And very few of those kinds of companies are value companies. 
they should be they should be high growth companies, growth companies at that size. Now they're going to lose 21 cent. They lost 21 cents last year. They I'm, I take that back. They lost one cent last year and 21 cents the year before. And the years before that, they made money. Okay, sales is growing very nice, and it looks like in the most recent quarter, December quarter has been reported. Earnings came in positive at 12 cents a share versus negative all of last the year, the year before that. Sales have increased about 20, 22%, 25% each quarter in the last four quarters. But you're talking about sales of $82 million a quarter of the most recent quarter, uh, which means that the, the, the price of sales number is very good. They distribute armor, control, power, electronic, thermocoupling, high temperature, and medium voltage cable. Okay, so that's what the kind of cable, armored cable, high voltage cable, that, so that, what, that's why copper would be important to them. So, uh, probably the price of copper. So, but they don't, they don't mine it, so I don't know, they're the ones that use it. So the price of copper could negative reflect, negatively affect them. Um, uh, so uh, this is not a very strong stock. I would not buy it because uh, the earnings are not there. The earnings are not there. Sales are growing, but the earnings are still not there. Uh, if you were going to buy it and you're looking for a buy point, buy entry point, that would be in the high $4, the $5, $5 share. It's right now $7 a share. That would be the entry point. That's where there's a lots of support. Now, it has been trading sideways for several months. It peaked in a month or so ago, came back down. So, you know, it's trying to trying to work its way through this, this you know, support area. And if it bounces from here, it might be a good buy point too. But I, I wouldn't, I, this would have to get much cheaper and they'd have to have earnings before I would consider it. HWCC, Houston Wire and Cable Company. So how has Warren Buffett done in the first quarter? We know how the market's done. Very volatile, down. I mean, it's not done that well. But how about Warren Buffett, the world's best investor? And this is a good lesson to learn. Now, he had, for 2013, 2018, he had 18 winners in his portfolio for the quarter and 27 losers. His best performer was MasterCard, up 23%. His worst performer was Kraft Heinz Company, down 30%. He had far more higher percentage losers than winners. So he's had a pretty rough first quarter. First quarter was not good for Warren Buffett. But one quarter is no time at all. He doesn't care. You shouldn't care. It shouldn't be something that you, as long as you have good, strong value and with some growth in them stocks, you shouldn't care. That, you know, the first one quarter means absolutely nothing as far as, he, he, he does not care, trust me. <laughs> it's not even a concern. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's just interesting to note. And it's a good lesson to say, you know, when you buy your stocks and you put them in your portfolio and they're good, solid companies and they have a bad quarter or bad year, you still shouldn't worry about it. Not something to worry about. As long as you have a good, properly balanced portfolio, you're not too overweighted in any one stock or any one sector, then and, and they're good, solid companies, 
You know, what you want to do is if they go down in price, if they're good, solid companies, you would want to put more on, not sell them. Most people can't do that. They do just the opposite. They sell them because they're scared. They get scared. It's a natural human emotion to have when you're losing your hard-earned money. It is natural. Are you more of a risk taker or someone who feels more comfortable with a little, with, with just not too much risk? You know, having a little cushion in there. Well, you can take the risk test and find out. It's a three-minute quiz that can really be an eye-opener for you. Knowing your risk tolerance is essential to building a, an investing plan, a, a portfolio. How much risk do you want to take in? How much risk are you comfortable with? So you got to figure what that is. Well, we have a tool, risk, free risk analysis tool on investtalk.com that will help you. That's the first step. You answer those few questions, it'll give you a score. Then we will look at it and, and then tell you what that score means. And we will we'll even score your portfolio. If you send us a copy of it, we'll put it in the same software and score the portfolio if you want. See if it matches up with your personal risk score. So, to do it, go to investtalk.com, click on the Invest Talk tab. Steve and Justin encourage you to join our Invest Talk Insider program. This is a source of information in many handy forms easy to read info sheets, recorded webinars, and even chart lessons. Everything is free. Just go to investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab. Hi, my name is Gavin from Napa. I'm new to investing and looking at index fund SWPPX. My 403B through work is allocated to various Vanguard mutual funds, and since I have only a limited amount of income per month for investing, I'm looking at other alternatives for investing, such as this index fund. What are your opinions regarding the SWPPX index fund? Thanks. Bye. Okay, this is the Schwab, the Schwab S&P 500 index. So it's going to follow the S&P 500. There's nothing wrong with it. When you're just buying index funds, you look for, what you look for is you look for how much it costs. How much are they charging to manage those funds? And most index funds are pretty cheap, and Vanguard is known to have the cheapest index funds. So if you want to buy the market, and, this, and for everybody else, the S&P 500 are like the 500 largest companies. And those 500 largest companies represent about 80% of the entire stock market. So when you're buying the S&P 500, you're potentially buying almost all the market. There are other indexes that are 100% of the market, but not necessarily you want 100% of the market because some of the smaller, tiny companies are very high risk. Maybe you don't want it. I don't know. But this is a good index fund, Schwab of Schwabs, and there's nothing wrong with it. It gives you instant diversification, and you can buy it and hold it, and you'll do fine. You go up and down with the market. It's simple as that. 888.99 chart, the old, the global economy. I read this article and I thought it was very interesting, something I needed to share with people. And uh, it talks about economic growth and how come our economic growth is, didn't get above 3% here in the United States and how can we boost it? And of course, you know, I'm not talking about politics here, people. I'm talking about general economic growth. Well, According to this article, the cycles of expansion and shrinking in our country and in the world, the, 
the, the cycle of expansion shrinking in the U.S. is, 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 is slowing down, steadily falling since the 1970s. And now we can't, ha- we can't get above 3% because every one of the expansions from the 1970s as we come out of recession has been less, less. So the article pointed out that, you know, this is not only in the United States, but it is also in all countries that are first world countries like, you know, Great Britain and Canada and, and, you know, I mean, first world countries, not third world countries, not emerging markets. And the article goes on to say, why is this so? They feel there's a couple things going on. A couple things going on. The debt, world debt has been growing since 1970s. And as the world debt and the first world country's debt goes up and up and up and up and up, it retards economic expansion. This is their theory. They don't know for sure. But this is their theory, according to this article. So, as the world gets more in debt, growth of the economies worldwide will slow. Slow down. Isn't that interesting? Now, is that true? I, I don't know. Maybe the first world countries are just reaching their, they can't grow faster because of their their economies are fully developed. They're not emerging. They're not growth. They're fully developed. Maybe a fully developed economy can only grow as fast as uh, inflation. If inflation is low, maybe that's as fast as it can grow. I don't know. I'm just throwing out a theory myself. That's a theory. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. You can call with any money questions. I'll try to help you. Uh, yes, this is Tom in Kentucky. I was looking at 3M Company. It's uh, $8 over. It's 52-week low at 201. I was just wondering what point it becomes attractive or you think it's worth buying or if you have a target price you think makes it look really interesting. Thank you. 3M. Uh, 3M has been a blue-chip, long-term blue-chip type company. It's $116 billion in size. It does like 82 I mean, it, it does uh, $8.2 billion a quarter, $8.3 billion a quarter. So it does great sales, right? It has very good sales. pays a dividend of 2.8%, and it provides industrial tapes, adhesives, medical and office products, surveillance and communication products. So it's a very good blue-chip stock, and it's been growing about 8% for the last three or four quarters in sales. Earnings were up 18%, are going to be up 18% this year to $10.39, and going to be up another 10% next year to $11.41. And it's $195 stock. So, looking at a chart, to find out, well, where should I buy it? The stock took a huge beating when it came out with earnings, what, a couple weeks ago. I, I remember them coming out. Earnings weren't terrible. They were just not as good as inspected. Right where it is, about 194, 193 to 195, is a lots of support. Now, it's not cheap. 
because you know $195 stock, $195 stock, and you're going to make $11.41. I'm doing the math, by the way. You're looking at a 17 PE, and that's not necessarily cheap, but for the last five years, that's the low mark of 3M, 17 PE. Remember, the market itself, long-term PE is around 15. So it's not cheap. It might be cheap for them. So I, this is the area that I would consider picking it up. Now, I might wait to see if it goes sideways because it had that bad earnings report for this quarter. And I, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a misnomer. It's not a bad earnings report. Uh, disappointing earnings compared to the expectations. Okay? But it still earned $2.50 for the quarter, and that was the best quarter it's had in the last, since, I don't know, for the last, I don't know, 15 years. Still is it up 16% that earnings for the most recent March, this most recent quarter. It was up 16% from the quarter a year ago, March quarter of a year ago. Uh, so I think I so I think this might be a place that you might want to buy it. I might wait to make sure guys go sideways, you know, make sure that this is a bottom. But I do think this is the place where you buy it. 3M, MMM, 3M company. I like the way they do business. You know, they, they really reward the inventors inside the company um, when they invent something. You know, they, they do, they, they, they have good uh, incentives. Ron in Chicago. How you doing, Ron? Hey, good, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Good. I just wanted to see what, get your thoughts on PayPal. Um, PYPL. PayPal. Uh, a lot of call, call buy-in. Over the past few days, uh, Investors Day Investors Day is on May 24th. Um, they sold off on Amazon. Said they were gonna uh, start accepting payments as well. So I just wanted to get your take to see if this would be a good short-term play leading up to May 24th. Okay, um, um, I, I don't know. I might have to take bring bring you over the, to the commercials. I might take you over commercials because we're up against a break here. But uh, I like PayPal. They have really good growth rates, 25, 30% growth in sales. Same thing in earnings. They are not cheap with a 35 PE. It, right now, it looks like it's hit a 200-day moving average, finding support. Hopefully, it can hold this area. I think it might hold this area. So I, I do like it long term. We have time for your call as we move into the last segment of the hour. Second now at 888-99 chart. Let's get back to your calls on Invest Talk for this Thursday, May 3rd. It's rearranging and prioritizing. If you ever plan to start investing, even if you have no money right now, you need to get busy investing on a shoestring. That's next time. Do you have a question for Steve today? 888-99-CHART is how to reach him right now. Hey, Steve and Justin. Love the show. Just wanted to uh, ask you a quick question about JD.com. Looks like from a technical perspective right here, it's oversold near the end of its bottom of its Bollinger Band near long-term support. Looking at it for like a two-week trade with a small position. Just wanted to see what you think. Thanks so much for all you do, guys. Bye-bye. 
For trade, JD.com, a Chinese retailer offering a wide selection of authentic products via JD.com and mobile applications. It looks like, I'm looking at the MACD, Moving Average Convergence and Divergence, because you asked about a short-term trade. So we're seeing if it has, uh, it's going to have the horses. It looks from a short-term trade, it should fill the gap up to about $39. It's at $37.20. So I think on a short-term basis, it's found support, like you suggested, and it should bounce from here. It should. It's growing 48, 45, 48% sales growth last quarter, 40 before that one, 41 before that one. It's a $52 billion company. So it's growing very fast for a big company. The PE is very robust, 66. It's going to make, it's a $37 stock. It's going to make 75 cents this year, $1.29 next year. So it's not cheap. But that's a low of its five-year PE range. So, you know, it's going to be volatile, and it has. It's moved down from $50 down to $35 since the beginning of the year. JD is the symbol, everybody. JD. JD.com, a Chinese uh, uh, retailer. Okay? Mobile application to buy things over the Internet. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's talk about earnings this quarter. The stock market's falling but the, this quarter's earnings has been the best in 24 years. This first quarter earnings have been the best in 24 years. 343 companies reported as of yesterday, okay, not more per today. That's about 70% of the S&P 500, okay? So 70% of the overall S&P 500 has reported. So far, the first quarter growth-rated earnings per share is about 22%. That was compared to the estimates of 16.3%. So as earnings have been... Now, I will say this. Normally, earnings will beat estimates. About 80% of the companies have beaten their estimates. That's, that's kind of unusual. It's usually not that high. It's closer to... 70% beat their estimates. 60 to 70 is normal. So that means that there's been outperformance about 3 or 4 percentage points, better than the analyst consensus. Okay, uh, compared with the 5.7% points, earnings are currently running ahead of analyst expectations. So we've had very, very good earnings. And what has the market done? stock market kind of ignoring it, isn't it? They just kind of ignore this. But what's really happening, and what is the good news behind this, is if the stock market continues to ignore these earnings, that means the PE of the overall market is being driven downward while the prices are kind of going sideways. 10% correction, but since then been going sideways. So the P.E. is going to go down because the E earnings is going up. That means that the stock market will become more, less and less overvalued and start to become fairly valued or eventually undervalued. And if it keeps this up for the rest of the year, by the end of the year, the market is going to be cheap because the earnings are going to roll in. So I think that's very instructive. I think that's what we're seeing happening. We're seeing the market 
kind of shrugging off the earnings right now because they got so many other things to worry about, such as the Federal Reserve raising rates, even though they didn't raise rates this 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 week, uh, but they promise they are uh, eventually going to raise rates. Uh, you got the trade uh, uh, talk about conflicts around the world. You got things that the market is dealing with other than earnings, but. As long as that keeps happening, those earnings keep rolling in, it's going to eventually move the market up another leg up. It's going to give it another leg up and a good reason to do so. We're out of time. A reminder, I will be in San Jose for individual retirement views. Reviews, these are individual informal meetings to look at your retirement accounts, talk about savings, retirement, how to use money the best. To reserve your time, it's June 6th, by the way, June 6th in San Jose. Go to investor.com to reserve your time. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Justin and I, Justin Klein and I, thank you for making us part of your day. And let's do it again tomorrow, Friday. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line.